Peggy Ellen Faulkner was going to get groceries one day, and it was not going well. Her two grandsons were in the back seat, standing up, no seatbelts on. Their mom was up front with grandma, fighting on the phone with her boyfriend. I told her, I said, look, you need to get yourself together. I said, because they are number one. They are the most important thing in your life. And if you don't get it together, I'm going to take them from you. Then, a few months later, her grandson's mom brought the kids over for what was supposed to be just a normal weekend with grandma. Reading, watching movies, maybe visiting the zoo. But Peggy Ellen noticed her older grandson had a black eye. I asked her what happened to his eye, and she said he fell on the floor. He had a black eye. You don't fall on the floor and get a black eye. It was the beginning of a two-year-long custody battle. In the end, Peggy Ellen won the fight, and her grandsons moved in. Good news for the boys. A safe home. Grandma loved them. But remember that crazy car ride to the grocery store? Now that was Peggy Ellen's life. Every single day. I only had one child. And I was an only child. Two children? Sibling rivalry? I knew nothing about that. And I'm like, Lord, why did you send me two? I can understand one. I said, but two? I can't do two, Lord. I just can't do this. The hardest part was that she felt so alone. Then Peggy Ellen heard about this. Because you know what? Because times have changed. The kids have changed. Oh, They're yeah. Not like we were. Sure are, yeah. When my mother yeah. said we went to school, I went to school and it, this was it. Right, right. right. Not and your mouth was like this. Right. The Grandmother's Club. So I should say, the Grandmother's Club is not actually this group's real name. That's just what the 20 or so women who are here for the twice-weekly meeting call it. The real name is the Kinship Care Support Group, and it's open to anyone who's a primary caregiver to the kid of a relative or a close friend. But the thing is with my granddaughter, and I didn't glad to know that Cheryl told me you can go and learn these things, because see, I told her, I said, Grandparents who act as primary caregivers to their grandkids are on the rise. In the last census, a record 2.7 million grandparents were primary caregivers across the U.S. And some experts say that number may grow as the opioid crisis takes a growing number of parents out of commission. She said the mothers are young. Right. And because they're so young, they're growing up with their children, and they still don't know how to be. This club meets a couple times a week at Fairhill Partners a nonprofit on Cleveland's east side that organizes meetings and classes for the elderly. The women at today's meeting come from all over Cleveland, but mostly from neighborhoods nearby. A lot of their grandkids are right downstairs at a summer day camp. So it's just, it's like it's just in the little brain. It's in the brain already. When the two-year-old can take your phone and work it better than you, you know it's in the brain. There's Rosa Johnson, a retired teacher who takes care of her two granddaughters. Maxine and Joyce Reynolds, two relatives who attend meetings together, and Alice McCoy, who lives across from the old St. Luke's Hospital and tutors kids in the summer camp about math. So she, uh, Rosa said we could do it next Tuesday because I want the children to learn their math, learn it, so I'll make it fun, and by the time you start school again, you know how to add your money up. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So we're going to have a money contest. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can I win? Can <laughs> I play money? They sit around an L-shaped table telling stories about what's happening to their grandkids at school. Battles with kids' biological parents, helping out with homework, sharing advice, tips, or just commiserating. Get a bunch of grandmas around a table and you can be sure they won't run out of things to chat about. On the day I attend, the grandmas spend their first few minutes kind of half complaining, half joking about how kids don't learn cursive writing anymore. And we sign checks every day. And, oh, you know, you got to do cursive to sign your checks, most people. But then things turn heavier. A couple of the women say they're concerned about social promotion, how teachers sometimes move kids to the next grade before they're really ready. You know, and it's frustrating to a kid if they started out trying to do something and they can't. And then everything you do, is the next thing builds on. Right. So yeah. the kid is frustrated yes. from the jump. Yes. 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 And the teacher moves them on. What makes right. that's yes. not, that's Here's Peggy Ellen Faulkner chiming in with her own story. It's about her younger grandson after he brought home Fs on his report card. I to an end and I told the school, I said, I know you're not passing. And they was like, Miss Faulkner, what are you talking about? He got an F in reading and F in math. He's not being passed. I'm telling you not. That's like, but Miss Falk, no, I don't want to hear it. Well, they were He can't pass if he's got an F in math or reading. Now, you might think from the confident way she talks that Peggy Ellen fit right into this group from the beginning. No problems. But actually, when she first came to the grandmother's club about four years ago, not long after she was asking God why he sent her two grandsons, I was nervous. I didn't want to talk because I didn't know anybody. And we made, they made everybody introduce themselves. And when they got to me, it just seemed like all of a sudden I just opened up. She found herself telling her whole story. The black eye, the custody battle, how she'd never tried raising two kids at the same time before. And all around the table, she saw other women her age nodding their heads, listening. How were they looking back at you? Like I was one of them, with open arms, you know? And it was like, it's all right, because I, I did kind of come to tears for a minute, telling my story, but they made me feel like it was all right, I was safe. The first thing I said was, wow. All these older women in here, taking care of grandchildren, because I never believed it was like that. You hear stories, but seeing is better than just hearing. You know, you're not alone. You think you're alone, but you're not. If they don't pass it in the third grade. Because you have to get a score of 196 yes. on the test. Only under 196. According to Brenda Cheatham, who organizes the group for Fairhill Partners and is also a member, that may be the chief value of the Grandmother's Club. Feeling for at least an hour or two a day that you're not alone. Well, we, we have a camaraderie. If I'm having a problem, nine times out of 10, the other grandmother has had that problem and she can help me. We can direct each other. We can comfort each other. We can cry together. Cheatham also brings in professionals to give talks, not just about how to raise grandkids, but also how grandmas can keep themselves healthy too. If they come in and say, well, Brenda, i like to know about diabetes. Can you get a nurse to come in? Uh, I want to talk to a lawyer that deals with seniors, and I try to find a lawyer. 
A recent study showed that grandparents' health initially declines when they take in grandkids, probably due to the jolt of activity and stress that kids bring. But if grandparents find the resilience and support to stick it out, the study said that their health actually improves over what it was pre-kids. Peggy Ellen Faulkner has a theory about why. Because, right, if we sit down and do nothing, I found out you waste away. Not just physically, but mentally, because you're not using it. So with them around, physically I had to move around, but then I had to always be thinking because I always needed something. I always had to do something. I was reading things. Uh, I needed to start teaching them to get ready for school. So I had to start with them reading and colors. And so my mind didn't get a chance to stop and sit down and rest like I thought I was going to. So it sounds like you thought you wanted to just kind of take it easy and rest, but really that may not have been the best thing. No, it may not have been the best thing, and and I could see trouble, (laughs) okay, physically, you know. So I'm glad that they're here. They're gorgeous. They're beautiful. They need me, and I need them. And she says for all the times when they or their teachers are driving her crazy or when she's just feeling lonely... She needs the grandmother's club, too. For Watershed, I'm Justin Glanville. Watershed is produced by Sidewalk, telling the story of people and place, and is made possible by a grant from the St. Luke's Foundation. Sound design and recording is by Angie Hayes. Our editor is William Bostwick, and our story consultant is Don Arrington. Our music is by DJ Doc Carroll and the kids at Refresh Collective. Check out photos and written versions of our stories online at OurSidewalk.com. That's O-U-R-Sidewalk.com. And stay up to date on new stories by following Sidewalk on Facebook. And get in touch in some way. Send us an email, make comments, review us. We love to hear from listeners. Until next time. Thank you.